Welcome to Next Question, a podcast by White's Chapel. This is a podcast created by you, for you. You submit a question, and pastors and church staff do our best to answer them. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to Next Question. Uh, today, our guest is Reverend Kyle Robertson. Hi, Sam. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for being here. It's good to be here with you today. Tell the people what you do. Sam, I, uh, you may not know this, but I am the pastor of Care and Support here mm. at White's Chapel, which means that I work with um, our Care and Support Ministries, which do any number of different things like support groups, grief support, funerals, uh, and uh, ongoing care ministries for our church. I have a wonderful team of folks that work with me, but, uh, but I am uh, the pastor of Care and Support. So what have you heard about our, our, our podcast? I've heard Your wife was our first guest. She was. I heard great things. You heard, I've heard great things. I've heard great things. I've well. Heard, I've heard not to be nervous. No, no, no. To just let it all hang out. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's uh, if, if this is the first episode you've listened to of Next Question, uh, I will tell you, we've got a bowl in front of us full of questions. Uh, I don't know the questions. Kyle doesn't know the questions. Yes, that is And we are just going to pull a slip of paper and see what we get. Yes. So are you ready for Sam your- Sam is telling the truth. There is literally a, a bowl of questions. Yes. Here. Yeah. Are you ready for your next question? I am ready for the next question. The next question. All right. Here Number one. All right. Okay. This is a good one. What biblical character do you most relate to? Um, is Balaam's donkey on the table? You know, anything's on the table. This anything's question is for you. Yes. I think Balaam's donkey- uh, and I'm serious about this. Yeah, say if more. God can speak through a donkey. Then he can speak through you. Then he can definitely do something with me. Yeah, right? I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Um, in addition to Balaam's donkey, uh, probably Peter. Okay. Because, Why? well, you know, I love Peter. He, he, um, he's my, one of my favorite biblical characters because, you know, he's revered as like, you know, the, the, rock upon which mm-hmm. the church is Cephas? built. Yes, Cephas. And uh, yet he categorically, time and time again, gets it so wrong yeah. that I just think Jesus is just constantly slapping his forehead when Peter opens his mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, again, it gives me a little hope and it gives me, like the disciples give me somebody I think like, okay, I would have, I would have been able to Get along with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah. You know, we don't all have it figured out all the time. No. Um, but uh, there's a lot of people in the Bible I see, you know, uh, uh, connections to, mm-hmm. the, and most of the time it's the people that kind of have to ask all these, like Nicodemus is yeah. another great example. Like, That's a good one. Smart guy, very well educated. I don't know if that categorizes me. I, I think but that does. I think that what I'm saying is well. he still doesn't. He still Very has well to read. come to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. He still has to come to Jesus and ask like, okay, how does this all work? What does this all mean? And the disciples do the same thing. They all stand around when Jesus teaches or he tells a parable. And I imagine mm-hmm. they're all shaking their heads going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after they're done, they all kind of crowd around and go, okay, okay. Tell us what you really mean. But like, what, what does yeah. that mean? But, but, what, but, what, but, but seriously. Boil it down though. But, but like make it. Make it understandable for a fifth Explain grader. like I'm five. If, explain like I'm five. Yeah. And Jesus is just kind of I have like, to do that all the time when we're in our worship and like tech planning meetings mm-hmm. because they'll get off on the side and they'll be talking about, yeah, man, we need to get a new RXQ743. Right. Uh, that way it'll make the router go 
faster. Mm-hmm. I don't even actually think I butchered that. You're but like, Trigatron, Trigatron, <laughs> yeah, Trigatron. Yeah, it's just as John McKellar would say, it's Trigatron talk. Yes. And I always, like in the middle of those meetings, he'll say, so I get it, but just for others, just explain it like I'm a child. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. All right. So that's a, that thing makes my voice sound louder. Okay, right. cool. Okay. I got that. So that we need sounds, a new one so of those. So we need those. So people can hear me. Go, yeah. <laughs> okay. I got that. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what that does. I'd like to say I'm like John the Baptist. I'd like to think yeah. that I'm like John the Baptist, you know, kind of weird and off kilter, but. Just eating bugs. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I love, you know how I love locusts. Um, no, but just like as a herald, like yeah. somebody who's like. Bold. Yes. Yeah. But I think most of the time I'm like one of the disciples just kind of wandering around thinking I've got it kind of figured out and almost having it figured out, but still needing Jesus to kind of come along. But also serving anyway. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Even in their like, even in their flaws, yeah. they still served. Absolutely. And yeah, I feel that way too. You know, sometimes, you know, it, being in ministry, you think, gosh, why, why would anybody care what I have to say or right. think or whatever? But you look at the disciples and it's like they had all those same struggles, all those same mistakes, and still they're serving. Right. They're still trying to follow. Absolutely. For better or worse. Absolutely. So. You know, that's, you know, the witness of of of, God, of the gospel, of the of, of the word of God is 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 the good news of Christ, yeah. right? Of uh, of of uh, of uh, yeah, basically. But <laughs> in the periphery there's those yeah. that are just kind of like just muddling through and just loving doing anyway. Their best. Yeah, they're just doing their best, and that's I kind of I kind of identify with them. Yeah, you ready for your next question? Sure. Let's All go right. For it. Okay, who is on your pastor or preacher Mount Rushmore? Mm. Pastor or preacher Mount Rushmore. So I guess I guess you can answer that however you want. It, maybe it's like either the most foremost influential pastors, or it could be. Uh, you know the four your four favorite preachers, I guess. Okay. Or I, I guess it doesn't have to be four, but yeah. I mean, do you I, listen to a lot of other preachers? I don't because I don't preach that often. I listen to a lot of other funeral sermons. Okay. Or funeral messages. Okay. Who's on your funeral message? Well, Mount I Rushmore? mean, that's that, that kind of comes from people that say, "Oh, I heard this great message," and so yeah, I don't it. listen to someone consistently. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, but there's a lot of great preachers out there. I mean, um, you know, Todd and John being the first and foremost, I would of say. Of course. That's a good answer. <laughs> and I mean, good I, answer I grew up at First United Methodist Arlington, Texas, and okay. Don Pike was a always a very, you know, steady and stayed and wonderful preacher. So he, was he, would you say that was like the pastor you grew up with? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He was the pastor of First Arlington the entire formative years of my life. So how long was he there? Hmm. He was there until I was in college, so until like ninety two or ninety three. And then he retired, or he? Uh, he did. He retired. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and and then who Bob, followed? Bob Holloway followed. Him. Okay, yeah. And then um, a string of other folks have followed after. Um, but you know, I also had a, a pastor when I, my first church in Alabama, in Alexander City, Alabama, okay. named Don Cross. A lot and, of Don's, uh, and he. Yeah, maybe there's a pattern there. He had a great he had a great presence in the pulpit, yeah. but he also had this Alabama twang know, to him. Twang. So, so just, w- what, I could what were you doing to, in were you you worked at the church? Yeah, I was the youth youth director. Youth director there. Okay. Yeah. And then I would say I'd say Thomas Q, your grandfather, is up there as well. 
because I can remember a lot of his sermons. Yeah, I wish I could go find like recordings, but they just didn't really do that. They didn't? I don't think so. I mean, I guess he was on the radio, yeah. but I've never gotten to like hear. We weren't in that kind of phase of technology yeah. of, of keeping you can't a go lot on of YouTube. archiving that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was at University Park. That was a University Park. University Park was, United Methodist. That was his last, well, not his last appointment, but one of his last big appointments. Right? This is, yeah, I think that, that was the last church he served. It was, uh, yeah. He served others after. Yeah, but, smaller, uh, congregations. smaller congregations. But yeah. And, he didn't give it up until he was in his <laughs> early 80s. So, and, and I don't think he ever should. Yeah. Um, Thomas Q, that was for you. Uh, but um, he has you know, a presence that no other pastor, no yeah. other preacher does. So I'd say those kind of four or five are in my Mount Rushmore of, of pastors, okay. preachers. Okay. I've heard a lot of good other ones in, in between there, but yeah. not like on a, consist, a yeah. consistent basis, you know. I mean, I love when you preach. I love when John Reeves preaches, um, you know, those kind of like – but y'all don't get to do that on a consistent basis. Yeah. I mean, I guess you do with Saturday nights, but yeah, I don't think I'm on any uh, <laughs> any uh, but, uh, Rushmores. But you know, and I have friends who are pastors, and yeah. I love to listen to them preach, especially if it's something. Do you ever find it hard really though to like? I wonder if people about. wonder this. You know, as people who work in the church, like, do we listen to other preachers frequently? I don't know if people wonder that. I have a hard time listening to too many sermons during the week. Cause I've got a sermon in my head. Right. Plus we're in several services on Sunday. Yes. I'm not just consuming lots of sermons throughout the week. No. And when I was preaching Saturday nights, yeah. way, way back when I, like you said, it was almost like, I felt like if I listened to too much that it would almost, I would just be like, why don't I, why don't I just preach that? It's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel like, that. I could preach a hundred Fred Craddock sermons. Sure. Uh, same. I mean, you know? Okay. Yeah. He's on my Mount Rushmore. Oh, and de- I've never heard him preach though. Oh, you mean live? Oh, live. Yeah. I, so, I yeah. Well, me neither. People... Well, actually that's not true. I have heard him preach live. He came yeah. to Marvin when I was in oh, wow. seventh or eighth grade. And if you're not familiar with Fred Craddock and you're listening right now, yeah, Fred sorry. Craddock is kind of a, a legend, uh, yes. a, a legendary preacher. He was known for telling really rich stories. Also, he would tell stories that uh, like were clearly not true. Like he would say, you know, I was walking down the street and I yes. saw a nine foot parrot. Yeah. <laughs> but he would use that. Yes. To, I mean, masterfully, masterfully. And he would tell the, this beautiful story that, you know, tied in the gospel. And, yeah. um, but like, like he was a professor at uh, Emory, Emory yes. for many, many years. Yeah. And, but when I was growing up, I was probably in, oh gosh, seventh or eighth grade, mm-hmm. uh, Fred Craddock came to, to speak. And now I'm obsessed with Fred Craddock, but yeah. when I was in seventh or eighth grade, I couldn't have cared less about this old man who was coming to preach I see that. <laughs> that my dad was fired up <laughs> right. about, you know? Right. And so we like got to go to dinner with him and I look back and I was probably just had my, I was probably just staring at my phone some and punk kid that- I was just some punk kid. <laughs> and I look back on that and same with, uh, uh Dr. Uh, uh, William Willimon. Yeah, see, that was going to say him too. You he know, came but, to Marvin too. Yeah, and we went to dinner with him. Golly. And, I, and I didn't. God's same a thing. Really great preacher. We, like I'd say, you know, they're not on my. It's not that they're not on my Mount Rushmore, but it's just, I, I've never really like known them. I, yeah, I'm that's thinking fair. of like no, pastors that's fair. and preachers that I've known and listened to, like Fred Craddock, Will Willimon, Dinah Butler Bass, yeah, Bishop she's Huey, Bishop. Yeah. Um, what's her first name? Janice. Janice mm-hmm. Huey. Um, there was a couple of other ones I'm thinking of too. That, yeah. Uh, um, um, the guy from St. Luke. Um, oh, uh, Tom Pace? 
No, no that's the guy who's there now. No, no, uh, St. Luke in Dallas. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, he yeah. Did the, he did the uh, Disciple series. I can't remember his name. Wonderful. He had liturgical robes. Remember he had liturgically colored robes? <sighs> That'd be cool. I can't remember his name either, but I've never heard them personally like preach on a consistent basis. They've I've heard him do some amazing sermons, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ready for your next question? Yeah, ready for my next one. All right. That's really cool that you got to... I know, but I didn't care. Well, That's the hard part, is yeah. I look back on that and cringe because I was too cool. at the feet of the master. Yeah, I know, so. and I was just too cool. I was 14. Dr. I, Craddock, some, tell I was me how to preach. I was probably thinking about some girl son. that had no interest in me, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, favorite book of the Bible. Favorite book of the Bible is Job. Yeah, definitely. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think you're going to have to justify that. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's a pretty depressing book, but I find that um, I like how I – just, I just like how it speaks so much to the human condition yeah. that, um, you know, uh, things befall us and we have friends who are – wonderful people who try their very best to try to explain it to us and make meaning out of it. And, um, and you know, Job's the only, not the only person in the Bible, but he's one of the few people in the Bible that like says to God, like, I need an answer. Mm-hmm. And God says, okay, I'll give you an answer. And just launches into this, like, where were you when the world was created? Mm-hmm. Like, where were you? When I had Leviathan on a fish hook, you know, like, where were you? Like, I'll give you an answer. Who do you think you are? Yeah, but kind of like, just be prepared for this answer to like completely. I do think Job is one of those books that uh, you could read it every year or a a couple times a year for the rest of your life. Every time I read it, I see something different. You would see something different and it might challenge you or in a different way. You know, I, I do feel like it's one of those books that anybody who says, oh, I've got Job 100% pinned down, figured out. Yeah. You and there's some problematic pieces of that. Yeah, of I mean, course. Job's set to suffer like as a challenge. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really, hard. Not really warm and fuzzy for us. But and and you know, some people would say, well, he really didn't get an answer. You know, God just kind of said, like like you said, like who who do you think you are? But I I just like I said, I I love that book. I love the poetry of that book. I love the the fact that it's like an exchange and conversation. That yeah. it's not just one sided. Um, you know, in my twenties th- and thirties, probably Ecclesiastes. Okay, because I liked just how like this, existential. Yeah, this guy goes and like tries to find the meaning of life and all these things, but still can't, you know, nail it down. And so, um, so that one I like, and you know, the classic. You know, for everything, there's a time. You're a, a wisdom season. literature guy. Yeah, I kind of like a little wisdom literature. Yeah. Um, New Testament, though. Uh, Definitely Acts. I love the book of Acts because, again, it yeah. speaks to those what happened kind of – what kind and, of happened after. And in the same way you were kind of talking about like relating to the disciples. Right. I mean Acts is the story of the disciples founding the church and right. there's ups and downs and – Right. Yeah. I mean excluding the gospels which are yeah. like obviously foundational um, uh, pieces of, of – What's your favorite church? gospel? John. I really? John. Yeah, just the opening. Okay, so the, just the intro of John. The one non-synoptic. The one non-synoptic, the outlier, yeah. If you don't See, know what Enneagram a synoptic four, is, the synoptic. So I like to be the outlier. Yeah, like I was going to say, that these are very Enneagram yes, 4 yes. answers. Uh, John is, uh, if you're not familiar and you're listening, John is uh, 90% unique. So mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke share 
80, 90% of stuff in common. They, right. they, some things are phrased a little differently, but for the most part, there's a lot of similarities. John right. is, John is like the unique, unique friend mm-hmm. in, uh, yeah. on the side who, yeah. who tells who stories. Like to be, yeah. yeah. And I just love the, again, the, the imagery of, of John. And I like the, the one, I like the stories that aren't included in the yeah, synoptics. Absolutely. You know, um, but, uh, yeah, outside those, Job, you know, Ecclesiastes was a favorite of mine. Yeah, I'm not, you know, Lamentations or Chronicles or <laughs> yeah, Numbers. No. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, if you said Lamentations, yeah, I would. Uh, no, you'd be like, okay, all right, 100%. Come on, guy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, those are, those are, I guess, my, my favorites. All right. Yeah. Next question. The next question. The next is, question is uh, what's one of the funniest things or biggest mistakes that has happened to you? Uh, during a worship service. Oh man! Still, sometimes I um, flub the Lord's Prayer, which always. Yeah, I I feel I I get that. And it's I always wonder if people look at us and yeah. can. I've always got the Lord's Prayer in front of me, even though of course I have it memorized. Right. But I still have it in front of me, and I wonder if people ever look at me and think. This guy doesn't know the Lord's this guy Prayer. Doesn't know the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> it's usually when I try to read it and yeah. I skip a line or I just repeat a word or something. So it's ninety percent of the time, I just try to do it from memory. And it have you ever had up. like a big flub? Yeah, I'm sure there's some big ones. Um, I did a, a marriage renewal uh, ceremony for a couple, and I mispronounced his name throughout the entire thing. Oof. And he didn't tell me till after. That's tough. And it wasn't like there weren't like a hundred people there. I mean, it was like- So actually they're no like, longer married. I'm pretty no, sure that's they, how it works. They are, no, I, I think if you, I think <laughs> she's married to a different guy now. It, she's not. <laughs> but it was just the couple and like their, their best man and their maid of honor. So it wasn't like I did it in front of a hundred people, but I felt bad. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I always wanted to call that guy back and been like, man, I was such a jerk. I'm sorry. Not a big, I've never like really flubbed up major in a worship service. Have ever told you? Uh, I try not to. Have ever told you my favorite bad funeral story? No, tell me. Okay, so this was long ago at another church, and it was a church that I grew up in. Uh-huh. One of the associate pastors, and I, I've been told this story many times, but I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a funeral for a, uh, a gentleman who had, didn't really wasn't really involved in the church much. It was just kind of a. Uh, his one of his kids was involved in the church and wanted to have this the um, funeral at this church, and so they got one of the associate pastors to come, and uh, they gave him the scripture reading that they wanted, and it was they didn't really think about it much. They just kind of wrote something down, and so he got up, and it was this pretty aggressive reading from Revelation that he oh, read, wow. yeah, about the fires of hell and the dragon uh-huh. and. Uh, they had meant to put Romans instead of oh. Revelation. And so he gets up at this guy's funeral and reads this <laughs> long yeah. Revelation Fire ap- apocalyptic yeah, yeah, yeah. text. Everybody's scared. And it was supposed minds. to be Romans, Paul saying like, Jesus is good yeah. and the grace of Christ be with you. Oh, and like, Nothing and, separates us from the love yes, of God. Yes, or, yeah. And uh, yeah. That's, so I've always, I always double checked. I always double check after hearing that story. Yeah. I really, you know, I've always prepared. Now I'm going to say this. I'm going to screw up something. But I've always prided myself, if there is a point of pride, that I really do 
a, a lot of work in terms of preparing myself for yeah. a funeral. And one of those things I can is, tell that. I can, we can tell one of that. those things is I do have to sometimes, especially if it's not someone I knew personally or knew of, one, I want to make sure I say their name right so I get that right. And then two, I just like I will have to just say their name, you know, over and over again in my head just to get it in there. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Okay. Ready for your next question? The next question. Okay. We've got, um, do miracles still happen today? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Next question. <laughs> yes. Miracles still happen Yes, today. miracles still happen Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think absolutely. so too. I mean. They don't happen like, you know, of course, <clears throat> we don't have somebody, you know, sitting around chronicling everything that, that happens to us. But I do think that miracles happen, you know, that um, life is lengthened unexpectedly or, or um, you know, something comes through at the very end. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, I think sometimes sense. we have to broaden our definition of a miracle, too. Yeah. You know, we, like, don't, we don't have some of those that, in, that are contained like they are in, in the biblical text. Yeah. But. Um, or sometimes people, I feel like, are, are only limit yeah, a miracle to something that is just mind boggling, you know, but I feel like I've, I've seen little miraculous. Every time I go on a mission trip, I feel like I, mm-hmm. I end up seeing little miracles. Absolutely. I just always do. Absolutely. And, and, and sometimes it's just, you're having a conversation with somebody and, you know, like I, I had a time I was talking to a student and, um, we were having this kind of intense conversation about this particular theological topic. Mm-hmm. And he said, on his way home, he was listening to listening to the radio or something, and this song came on that spoke to that exact thing, yeah. and it helped him see things differently or something. And he was like, "I think that was a miracle." And I said, "Yeah, I think so too." I yeah. mean, and it was just a song that came on, but yeah. it was a little miracle, you know. Hospital visits, home visits, yes. connections you make with people, um, chance encounters, and I've had a couple of those. Like I, I've had <clears> a couple uh, that I do think are crazy. And I've told this story before, but I had this. Uh, Classic cliche, very mm-hmm. gnarly breakup when I was in high school. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, Sam. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I feel this very sa- cared for and supported. Space. This is a safe space. Yeah. Talk about. I, I, you know, I'm just going to bear my heart on this podcast. Okay. No. Uh, so I went through this little- This you know, is the one, everybody. <laughs> went through this breakup and uh, it, it, you know, I was very, very sad about it one night and I was having a really, really bad night and my friend who was at the time uh, like in Europe mm-hmm. on trip- called me in the middle of the night at this crazy moment that everything had yeah. just gone down yeah. and was like, I just woke up in the middle of the night and I felt compelled to call you. Just had a feeling, right? And, and she, she, I mean, she said, I just, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to call you. And mm-hmm. I was like blown away by that. Her name was Hannah. And <laughs> it wasn't, <Mary>. but. <laughs> no, but you're right. That's, but that, that was, that's so, that blew my miracle. mind. Those are miracles, right? Yeah. And they're not, you know, the life altering, life changing um, in terms of. Yes. Like all of a sudden you get, you and this girl got back together and fell yeah, in love yeah, yeah. and got married. Like, but the miracle was that that person at that moment just felt compelled by the yeah. Holy Spirit to give you a holler and, and say. And whenever I was on? doing, I used to do a podcast called uh, Former Days mm-hmm. and there was a story, a kind of similar story that Dietrich Bonhoeffer went through. Mm-hmm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a, a theologian and a, a, a spy for uh, who went up against the Nazi regime. And uh, he tells a story about how... Um, when he was arrested, or he doesn't tell the story, but um, 
he was married to this woman, Maria von Wiedermeyer. I think I got that right. Okay. And she Wiedermeyer? was living, uh, Wiedermeyer. Von Wiedermeyer. And she was living across, uh, like across the country mm-hmm. at the time. And the same day within the, an hour of him being arrested mm-hmm. by the Nazi SS, she wrote in her journal, I have a pit in my stomach. Something has happened to Dietrich. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I don't know if you'd didn't call you tell, that a miracle, but I would definitely say there's something. Didn't you or someone very recently tell a story about a, a GI who was having to cross, or was that John Reeves? It might have been, I think that was Reeves. That had to cross a, uh, yeah, it was. It was John Reeves' last sermon where he had to cross this field yeah. and he prayed, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And across the world, this woman in his hometown prayed that, you know, I think those miracles happen a lot. I mean, there are times where I've walked into, especially early on in my ministry, a home visit or a hospital visit expecting, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, naively think that I'm going to bring some lighter hope. And the opposite happens. Not that I don't bring light yeah. hope, but, but that someone that I visit yes. is bringing light and hope to, to me. Yeah. And that's that's a miracle. I yeah. mean, you got to you got to acknowledge that for what it is. Um, but yes, I think some people think, you know, it nothing short of a miracle. You know, I've seen um, and been part of um, folks' lives who had a terminal diagnosis, and that is devastating. But um, through some miracle, they were able to live longer than the prognosis, or they were to do, able to do more than they anticipated they would be able to do in the in the time that they had left. And, and again, that's, to me, a miracle. Yeah. So, yes, they absolutely happen. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Next question. Yeah. Um, all right. Similarly deep, uh, olives or no olives? How do you feel about olives? I'm an olive guy. Really? Yeah. Okay. How does Joy feel about olives? I would say that she likes black olives, but not green olives. Cause I, have you ever heard the thing that in a, in a relationship, one spouse loves olives and the other hates olives? I have heard olives? that. I have heard that. But, but you don't? No, it's not the case. Uh-oh. Why? I'm just saying it doesn't bode well for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think she likes green olives. You like I'm all not, olives? I'm not a big fan of black olives, so okay, maybe I, that all funnels out there. Like I could I could eat a jar of green olives. That just disgusts me. I know. Me. I that know it does. Horrifies That's me. why I said it. In, just by yourself? Just, I could just, just stick you my could, hand in the jar oh, and just pull out olive after like olive. Like a barbarian. Black yes. Olives. Black olives, though, they don't have as much flavor to me. Ugh. I like them on pizza, but not really much. All olives. Yeah. And that comes, Very actually disgusting. comes from when we had Thanksgiving, we would have an, we would have what we called the olive plate. And, uh, there was like a plate with, uh, like black olives and green olives and then pearl onions. You know what those mm, are? Pearl yeah. onions. Yeah. And there was something else on the, oh, little, uh, cornerstones, little pickles. So it was just like, Hey, do you want to have horrendous breath? <laughs> <laughs> it was called the horrendous breath. It was the horrendous breath, breath plate. Yeah. And that, looking back, it should have been. Just shove linen, but olives, would, and but onions. But those were the things that no one touched. Yeah, I, yeah there's a reason. Yeah, well, yeah I know. And, and, and by the time I got to the table, everybody else had, you know. Right, wait, are you saying that the only thing you were, you were no, able no, to no, eat no, at no, Thanksgiving no, 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 was no, 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 no. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was like, this has gone really There sad. was an abundance <laughs> of... Of that left. I'm just imagining you like the turkey is just yeah, bones. The, gone and and just, the mashed potato bowl is empty. Sadly eating No, 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 no. But swallowing but, pearl onions like pills. But and, uh but no, those I don't know, they just did not get eaten as yeah. much as other things. So. There's a reason for that. There's probably a reason. Yeah. Have you ever had those little baby corn? 
<laughs> I okay. I know. What you're see, I used to about. see you think those were cornichons, but actually, cornichon is yeah, a pickle. little dill pickle. Well, it's not dill. It's a lot more of like a bread and butter, but it's a little pickle. Yeah. And then a Cornish I, hen. A Cornish is hen a small, is a small bird. A small but bird. yeah, and the, you now there's like charcuterie boards, right? Yes, that because have all of those things. And then they have meats and cheeses and olives yeah, and see, I'm, raisins. I'm, I'm always mad. See, and okay. nuts. I'm always mad if we get a charcuterie board and yeah. it comes out with a bunch of raisins and olives. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, there's 50% of the board I'm not eating. Raisins, I think, is a give up. Yeah. I'm thinking like you, you literally don't. Have a yeah, you pull you pulled out one of those sunmade things. Budget, budget is is low. You pulled you out one of those like, red sunmade <sighs> boxes. Raisins, and, yeah, yeah. Do you like yogurt covered raisins? I don't like raisins in any form. Really? I mean, if you cover it in yogurt, that's better. It is, but it really is. I'm still not. I'm still not enthused. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, raisin bran. Yeah, oh, do you, I, you eat raisin bran? Producer Andrew asked if I like raisin bran. No. Any raisin in any form. That's a disappointing breakfast. If you're going to no bring me way. Ra- raisin yes. bran is delicious. Have you have you been down a cereal aisle? Yes, but <laughs> I'm saying like as I've grown. See, that's of course the worst is uh, sugar smacks. You remember those? Oh, oh wait, were, with the frog like, mascot. Yeah, yeah okay, they, I were, do the, they those. were the worst. Yeah. Second being cocoa puffs. Have you ever eaten? I did not like unfrosted cocoa shredded wheat. That's pretty bad too. They had that in my college yeah. cafeteria, and it was now, big unfrosted. Too, like a big, yes, like, yeah. unfrosted. We it was like eating yeah. small bales of hay. Yeah, I wouldn't do. I have to have some like frosting on my mini wheats. Brutal. Those. Yeah, absolutely brutal. But yeah, like cinnamon toast. Crunch there were some dark delicious. days that I ate it, but yeah. I just crackling oat bran is good. I've expanded my taste. Yeah, I'm, and it's not just based on. I used to buy cereals too when I was younger. Based. How on do you feel about Captain Crunch? What. You know, prize was inside. They don't do that anymore. Yeah, you remember, like every box had a prize, like a car, a GI Joe figure. Well, not a GI Joe figure, but you know, cool yeah. stuff, stickers, tattoos. Yeah. I mean, like every box was like a box of Cracker Jacks. You just got, you just got lots of tattoos. Yeah, I just had all these tattoos <laughs> and stickers, face and stuff. tats, looking yeah. like Post Malone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How but, do you feel uh, about Captain Crunch? That's Captain my Crunch cereal. is delicious. But I it destroys I my, say, the roof of my mouth. It but. destroys the roof of my mouth, and I would rather have Crunch Berries in it's it. It's the South. I don't like just cr- Sour Patch Kids. The Sour yes. Patch Kids of the cereal world. Just yeah, I can't your just mouth. do just Crunch Berries, but I can do Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. Oh, see, I just, I just. And go then there was classic. peanut butter crunch. Do you ever have that? Whoa, what? I don't know if they make that anymore, but it was, it was, it was uh, one of my top five when we're, I was younger. I'm gonna have to uh, Google that after this because that yeah. sounds amazing. Peanut butter. It was good. And then they did, uh, for a limited time, did chocolate crunch berries with it. But I don't think they do that anymore. Reese's Puffs, that's a good one. I okay. love Reese's Puffs. You're, now you're listing the good ones, but you started off at Raisin But Brand. I can eat Raisin Bran, too. I can eat so you're I can a, eat honey bunches of oats. I can I can do all. I'm an equal opportunity. cereal. Cereal. Consumer. I can even eat Sugar Smacks if that's all there is, but I'm not a big fan. Mm. All right. Next question. All right. Olives and raisins. <laughs> And you don't like the pimento part. That's what. Okay, you like I about don't the like. Olive. I don't like pimento anything. Uh-huh. Well, like pimento. When John, okay, John had that video he made yeah. with the pimento. He you're about pimento to. Cheese. You're about to get into heresy here. I, I'm just. Uh, that yeah. doesn't look good. To uh, me. I don't like a pimento pepper. Pimento peppers taste. You are not a son of the south, my friend. I apologize to anyone listening. Pimento peppers kind of remind me of like the taste of vomit, <sighs> like when you get sick. Did you eat a bunch of pimento cheese when you were a kid? I don't know. I don't get, know. Like, I don't know what happened. Because sometimes know if I've that got will some ruin it for you. Childhood trauma that's that's built up. But pepper, like that pepper taste that comes in specifically pimentos, it just reminds me of being sick. 
Okay. Well. So I don't know. Any psychiatrists out there? Hit me up. Let's unpack this. Yeah, let's unpack this. All right. This is that's a, a that's on the next podcast. <laughs> unpacking Sam's idiosyncrasies. People are, people are gonna listen to this podcast. Sam just comes on and says, you know, I don't like olives. I'm pretty sure in every episode I've gonna just be a call in show and people can just be like, Oh, wait, hey. I'm pretty sure so far in every episode I just kind of share my hot takes on food. That's good. Uh which speaking What's of What's your favorite cereal? Captain Crunch, man. Oh, okay. And then Okay, I love Frosted Cheerios. Mm. I love Frosted I'm with you Cheerios. on that one. See, again, like, Cheerios. It is the most underrated nut, branch frosted, of the Cheerios. Unfrosted, family. regular Cheerios are good. Frosted are the best. Like, yes, Frosted sure. Cheerios way beat out Frosted Flakes. All, any Frosted anything is not as good as Frosted Cheerios. Okay. Okay. Pops are good. Pops. Pops are good. Good once in a while cereal. Yeah. Um, okay. This is a fan submitted question. Okay. All right. Uh, Thank you. It's uh, kind of in a Terry similar. Terry from uh, Tacoma. <laughs> this We've is got you on the line. Go in ahead. In a similar vein. Go what's ahead. What's your Terry? favorite place to eat in South Lake after church? My favorite place to eat in South Lake after church is definitely hands down Kincaid's. Yeah. I, I thought that might be your answer. Because it. I see so many people from church in True. Kincaid's. It's almost like going to like a. Like an addendum worship service. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, hey, there's so-and-so. And I love Kincaid's because it has the long tables and yeah. it feels like we're all together. And they just have great food. They've got the best hamburger And in Southlake, Kincaid's is one of only a couple of like actual local Southlake. Yes. Well, I mean, it's it's a Fort Worth thing, but it came it to Southlake. Yeah. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. I thought it started in Southlake. No, it started in Fort Worth, and I've eaten at the original. I, I still call that local. Yeah, it's not It's not too far because away. Because everything, uh, most other stuff in Southlake is chains, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. there's Kincaid's, mm-hmm. Feed Store. Feed Store. Feed Store, which is... That would be my... It's like 1A and 1B. Yeah. Is there anything else? I, is Taverna Rosa Southlake? Yeah, but it's not much of a... After church thing, yeah, I gotta have some comfort food after church, and burgers and barbecue are my comfort food. Except so. Taverna Rosa has that pizza that just has brisket on it. That's pretty comforting. It's I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't eat at Taverna Rosa. It's just not like yeah, an after I get it. church thing. I mean, Luby's was our go to. Right? Rest in peace. Rest in peace. See you at the crossroads, Luby's. See the cr- or Furs. If when Furs was around, Furs I don't cafeteria, know Furs. it was a lot like Luby's, but it was supposed to be a little. When it first came out, or at least I remember, it was a little nicer than Luby's. Like they had a guy that played Did they have piano, blue jello, like Luby's. Yeah, but it just felt more elegant. I loved because the there was a guy jello. that played piano there. Okay, so that's you, really that and, really and the tables had like linens on them. And oh, like, yeah, fancy like, Luby's. It looked yeah, it was a kind of a fancy Luby's, but then later, it you know got it ran into trouble and became a buffet and. It just went downhill from there. <laughs> Rest in peace, furs and lubies. Ready for your next question? Yeah. All right. Oh, there was also a place in Arlington called Tippins. Do you remember that? No. It had really good pies. Kyle and I both. Uh, I I grew up some in Arlington. You really grew up in Arlington. I really, I really grew up in a but tiny we both little went hometown. To, we we call yeah, Arlington, Texas. But we both went to Duff Elementary. We did. We Duff. were both Duff Mustangs. There's a super school in Arlington. CC Duff is the proud name. A lot. You don't remember that song? I I, I do remember it, oh, but man. I don't know. I couldn't. I don't know if I could yeah. rail it off right now. Yeah. I, every time I drive by, but just that, just those two seconds you were singing, yes. that my heart just it just grew expanded. two sizes. Didn't yeah, it? like the Grinch. Yeah. I mean, that, that was that was wow. a special place. Yeah. Who was, was your Who was your uh, principal there? Okay. I have one of the most awful memories in. Oh no. Like of anyone. Sorry, I brought this up. No, I just I don't this is remember. Be another episode of Sam's like, my, my counseling <laughs> couch with Sam. My wife Hannah can like list off. Oh, I had this person for first grade, yeah. second grade. Can you do that? 
Uh, I probably could I, do that. I, I could not take do some that. Serious thought, I couldn't tell you who I had. I tell you who I had for kindergarten. Miss Whitfield. Okay, Miss Mrs. Weicker was my kindergarten teacher. First, I don't know. Wow. Second, I don't know. Third, Miss. I remember Mrs. Foose in there somewhere. Mrs. Marshall was in there somewhere. I don't know. Fourth, fifth, Mrs. Sixth. Burnett was I think my Mrs. Grimm was my first grade teacher. Mrs. Burnett was my second grade teacher. I'm pretty See, sure. See, that's impressive to me. I can't. I don't. And Mr. Patterson was our principal. And like we never saw him ever. Yeah. Like now principals are like out and like, like hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> like Mr. Patterson like said two words to us like, hello children. He was busy running things. And then just went back into his office. Yeah. No, I I don't I don't remember that. I don't. I, we never saw the principal in in our days. I was CC Duff class president. Though. Ooh, yeah, congratulations! Grade, yeah, thank you. Who was your sixth grade teacher? I don't remember. Miss Marshall was mine, sixth grade. I do remember the speech I gave, though. I was very small, uh-huh. but I was only tiny. You're not the size you were then? No. Okay. I was very small. Really? But like even you among other been the, sixth graders. <laughs> you haven't always been the same Even among size. other sixth graders. That's so strange. I, was, I came out as a baby this size, <laughs> six foot one. I, I was- pounds. I was- uh, even among sixth graders, I was the tiniest. Okay, you were a smaller sixth I was a, grader. The, a very, very small. Okay. And in fact, my doctor told me you were in the that I was twenty fifth percentile, or uh, something? 98th percentile. Oh, and that they said I was going to be five foot. Oh, that's right. Sorry, the other way around. Yeah, yeah. They said I was going to be like, like five foot, five foot one, which mm-hmm. I'm five eleven, six foot in boots. So yeah. I'm uh, proud of you. And you're still growing. My doctor. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm just about taking to hit your a Flintstones. <laughs> um. Was but your was your was your campaign speech like? There'll be Kool Aid in every fountain. <laughs> no, I do remember. PE will be every subject. telling a joke about how uh, I I was going to be a lot like Abraham Lincoln, except Ooh. not so tall. Oh, and that killed man people. It was riotous that was laughter. It. That was over. And that the and other I candidates won. were like, "That's it. That's it. This guy can't get any better." Yeah. Than that. So uh, that Twinkies I, in the lunchroom. No, nope, but sorry. I remember thinking this is the, the funniest Ab- joke. <laughs> this is the funniest joke anyone has ever told. You should run for public office now. I was thinking. That. I was thinking. Like, hey, I'd, I'd have what? to mix up the joke now because now I'm of average height, That's so true. it's not. But you're still not as tall as Abe Lincoln. Yeah. Thanks for rubbing that in. All right, next question. Yeah, next question. All right. This was is... that one about Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> uh, have you ever been fired? Have I ever been fired? Fired. Um, what was your first job ever? My first job did ever you get fired from your first was job? mowing my mowing my grandfather's lawn. Okay, so if you got so fired from no, that, that's, I did not yeah, get that's... fired from that. In fact, that I I kept that job well into college. Yeah, I got promoted until yeah until I wasn't around anymore. And then the, he hired a handyman, I think named Frank, to do his. Um, and it was weird. He had a handyman. Not, not a lot of people have a handyman. He would hire this guy and he'd come over and he'd do the lawn and stuff, but he just fixed things around the house. Anyway, sorry. Uh, just for just my second job. Yeah, just like, hey, mm-hmm. the light bulb's out and Frank would replace the light bulb. I just thought, that's really cool. I want a handyman. <laughs> That'd be awesome. So, like, hey, man, this, this plug's not working. And the guy just go, okay, here. Just fixes it. Hey, man, my TV doesn't work. Yeah. He just comes over and changes the Hey, where's the, the remote, Frank? Changes the out- oh, input or whatever. Find it for you, sir. Um, no, uh, my second job was Wet and Wild, which is now Hurricane Harbor. Okay, wow. I worked in the food service at a place called Fat Boys Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a chubby guy. 
So it all, it all kind of worked out for me. Um, and I worked there for like four or five summers. I worked at a place called Captain Billy Whizbangs, which was an Arlington place. There's nothing called. You're there, lying. I'm not lying. In fact, all you Arlington folks you went call from in fat, now. Fat Daddy? Arlington folks call in now. It's 817. <laughs> well, you went from Fat Daddies to, or what was it? Fat Boys. Fat Boys. <laughs> hamburgers. Fat to, Boys. To Captain Billy Whizbangs. Captain it's Billy Arlington Whizbang. Institution. It's it's not there anymore. Rest in peace again. But uh, it was a it was a burger place as well. And then I think uh, I worked with um, Blockbuster. Did you get fired from Blockbuster? No, I don't think I did. I quit because I was just fed up. And you knew that Netflix no one was, was coming. Re- no one was rewinding. You said this business model. <laughs> Why won't y'all be kind and rewind? <laughs> you said this business model is That's not going to work. I said, I don't know the where streaming I know is this coming. From. But this is not going to – in 10 years – You were no, a profit. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. I will uh, say, going to Blockbuster back in the day – That was fun, right? It was, it was the best. Yeah. I, we would get to go – my parents would take me and my friend. Mm-hmm. We'd get to get two movies. Mm-hmm. And so we'd always get like uh, a movie that was action or maybe a little scary if we yeah. were feeling frosty. Ooh. And then we'd get a comedy to, to be a palate cleanser if we got too scared. Right. And then we would each get to get – a. a Bottle of soda mm-hmm. and a candy. Ooh, and I felt never like got a, the soda. I, I got the candy. Like a king. But yeah, be like walking around with. We always did like one movie we'd seen uh, like a hundred times, and yeah. then a new movie we had. Uh, that way you have something that's sure, and then you have something right. Because yeah. if one stinks, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's well, facts. I've got Blockbuster. Uh, I've got uh, Ghostbusters. Sorry, not Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> and then after Blo- after Ghostbuster, uh, after, <laughs> <laughs> after I was a Ghostbuster. Got fired from that. No. Uh, after Blockbuster, I went into youth ministry, and I, n- I never got fired from anywhere. Okay. So Next question. Yeah. I think we've got time for one or two more. One more. Let's do one. One, one more. One hundred more. <laughs> uh, Man, Blockbuster was fun. And I don't know why, but their microwave popcorn always tasted better than the microwave popcorn you had at home. Never failed. That's true. Your mom would always be like... We've got popcorn at home. Like it doesn't taste as good. It, it wasn't as fake and buttery. This is the Orville Redenbacher movie theater popcorn, and it, <laughs> they had some that were in like a little popcorn. Like you could pop it, and it was in like a popcorn thing, right? And then so you then you had a container. Okay, like a bucket. I've got a good one here. Next question: What does communion mean to you? Wow, we <laughs> was a complete three sixty. That's the best thing about this show is it that is. we can talk about. Movie theater popcorn, and then right and now right we're into, into the, the sacraments. The element, the sacraments, yeah. Uh, communion, what does communion mean to me? I think the communion means to me, the most profound thing to, about communion to me is when we celebrate communion, we don't just celebrate it as White's Chapel. We don't just celebrate it in the United Methodist Church. Like it's a, it's a, it, it is a recognized element yeah. of worship service. In some traditions, we they do it more often. In yeah. some traditions, they do it less often. But it, it's like every time we take communion, it's not just... We're uniting with like the whole church, like yeah, the church. And, and not just the church here, but like yeah. the church eternal, like mm-hmm. the cloud of great cloud of witnesses. And when we sit at that or we enter that or, or approach that table, we're doing so with all those around us, yeah. you know, not just... For us individually, singularly, which is profound too, because it re- it's a reminder to us about the lengths that love will go to, right? The mm-hmm. lengths that God will go to to show God's love for us and um, through Christ. But it's also just that recognition that 
you know, I'm not the first person to do this. I'm not going to be the last mm-hmm. person. And as I'm doing this, I don't know, there's a transcendental trans, yeah. like, I don't want to get what, too like no, existential, but no, like, but I, I but like it, that's what I love about communion. The same thing with baptism, you know, it's like you're taking part in a tradition, you're taking part in a, a practice that is not just something that's unique to us. And I think you have to be intentional about recognizing that too, because I remember one time I was serving communion here and I was kind of just going through the motions because mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're at work, you know, yeah. and, uh, but I was serving communion and I was, you know, body of Christ given for you, blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. Moving on. And for whatever reason I said, it was uh, one of my college kids came up to me and I said their name. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, whoever, this is the body of Christ given for you. Right. And they came up to me afterwards and they were like, that meant the world to me Yeah. to know that, you know, the body of Christ was given specifically for me. Yeah. And that rocked my world a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause it has that individual yet yeah. communal element. And, and that kind of helped me get back to that point of like seeing it as more of that transcendent, which, you know, I know that I, I know the theology of communion and yeah. obviously we learned that in seminary. We learned that in the process, becoming pastors and yeah. or seeking ordination. But um, I had kind of started going through the motions and then I had that experience. And I was like, wow, that moment was so sacred. Mm hmm for this person and I was just kind of phoning it in a little bit. Yeah. And that kind of brought me back. And so I try to remember that sometimes that, okay, this is, this is this individual beautiful thing, but it's also this cool collective thing. Right. Yeah. There was a time in my college uh, years, I was going through a pretty low time. I had torn my ACL doing something stupid. Um, that's another question for another day. Uh, on my other podcast, Kyle Robertson's stupid things he's done in his oh, life. Oh, look, just in, in the bowl yeah. right now. Have you ever torn your ACL and how did it happen? <laughs> but I was a really low place. Yeah. And I I didn't think I was worthy of taking communion. Yeah. And I remember going back to my home church and not going up to take communion and going, you know, at other services and just sitting there and not taking it. And then one Sunday, because I had this thing on my leg, I guess – uh, someone was like, oh, this person can't physically, which yeah. was not true. I could have. And they came to me and they mm. offered me communion yeah. and said my name, like you just said. And I thought, okay. Yeah. It'll meet you. Like, like it'll meet me. Yeah. That's cool. I'm not even, I don't even have to be, oh, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's like our relationship with Christ. Yeah. It will, it will meet you where you are instead of, you know, demanding you meet it somewhere where, you know. There's there's demands on the uh, on our lives as far as Christians, but anyway, it was just a very that's, that's grace like, filled moment, and that's distinctly Wesleyan too. Yes, you know, yes, that because one thing I've always struggled with is denominations or faith traditions where there are stipulations on who and who cannot take communion. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for me, the open tables, our open table theology is really important. It is, and I, I agree with you, but I'm also not. Uh, I just I'm like, you know, I understand. I'm a little less um, – I understand that there are other traditions that don't. Yeah. And I respect that. But I, like you said, this it is – For me. It is one thing yeah. that I love about our tradition. Me too. Yeah. Um, that For me, I think no it would be kind of a non-negotiable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. If we decided we're going to do a close But I love table. that image of like the table coming to you. Oh, yeah, man. That's cool. Yeah. So um, – yeah, so it, you know it can have that transformative experience too, and then and then after that, I s- spoke with a a pastor, associate pastor at that church. Um, it was a church I grew up in, and told him you know what was going on and da da da. And he explained kind of just like you did, you know. Yeah. 
what was going on with me through the sacrament of communion yeah. and that we're not worthy of the grace. We don't earn it. We don't, you know. But it's offered it's anyway. A, it's an offered gift yeah. to us. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty profound. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on Next Question. I enjoyed it profusely, and hopefully you'll use at least 80% of what oh, I said. Uh, oh, we will. <laughs> we will. I do want to plug one extra thing. Yeah. Uh, plug so we're coming away. out with new podcasts, mm-hmm. and you actually mm-hmm. did a podcast all about grief. Yes, yeah. So yeah. can you tell them, tell the people a little bit about... Yeah, I just kind of um, did three, I think we, did, we ended up doing maybe three sessions, uh, just kind of explaining... And giving some advice, some practical advice, especially in early grief. Yeah. It's very disorienting when we lose somebody we love to death. Um, You know, death is called in various places a mystery. And it leaves us very confused. It leaves us kind of forgetting how to function and kind of disorienting us and and sending us off kilter. And so I thought at the very least, you know, three um, kind of – it's okay to be a little confused. This is natural. This is mm-hmm. normal. And here's some things, you know, that might help you get through it. Also did, I think the third session is on funeral planning, which, you know, people come to us. Um, you're not sitting around every day going, oh, you know, my funeral, I'd like to have yeah. this. And sometimes people pass, uh, people die, excuse me, and um, you're not prepared to make those plans yeah. uh, because of the suddenness of their death or just you just never – talked about those things. And so I offer that last one as kind of um, some things to think about, not yeah. just for those who have a loved one who's died, but also for those of us who are living to think about, okay, what, you know, what do I want that service? There are there are certain things that I just need to have at that service. Yeah. Um, you know. Cool. Well, yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so if you're listening and, and, you know, keep that in mind, if you have somebody, you know, going through grief, if you uh, find yourself going through grief or, um, you know, maybe not now, but maybe one day when, mm-hmm. when you're struggling, uh, check it out. I think it's going to be a great resource for people yeah. and, uh, it, sh- it will be available on the same, uh, sort of page with mm-hmm. all of our other White Chapel podcasts. And it always comes with an invitation too. If, you know, if you want to talk more or, or seek, of course, you know, uh, my door is always open. We, uh, have support groups that operate year round. Um, but, but it's just a, a good place to start. Cool. Well, thank you. uh, And we will see all of you next time on The Next Question. Next Question. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Next Question. If you'd like to submit questions, you can send an email with subject line next question to questions at whiteschapelumc.com.